Hey, welcome to my show. If you don't know who I am, uh, I'm Simon. And some might know me on TikTok or Twitter. It's Simon at the Brew Pill. But this is the 242nd, and this is the story of my life. Welcome to it. All right, welcome to episode 96. I can't believe I've made this money. Of course, I could have made more. I haven't realized that this year I have totally fell behind. I was trying to do one a month, fell behind. So I'm sorry if you actually listen to this. Um, I'm going to try to break this into so many different parts because I watched so many movies since the last time. I'm not going to just bore you with that stuff. Um, As you can tell, uh, the world is gone crazy. But that's okay because we're still here, right? I mean, you still got COVID around in parts. You've still got rules and regulations in parts. Um... I didn't know this until I saw it yesterday. As of yesterday, there's still 313 million people in China who are still following COVID shutdown. Over 300 million in China because they have the strictest regulations. They just shut everything down. That's crazy. I wouldn't have believed it, but I read it. It must be true, right? That's what they say on the internet. If you find it on the internet, it must be true, no matter how ridiculous it seems. Um, But... Monkeypox is around too. We got, I think, two confirmed deaths because of monkeypox. So stay safe. Uh, we appreciate you sticking around if you listen to this. I've got average listeners of three. So I appreciate all three. A couple months ago it was six. So I don't know if that was just three listening twice. I do appreciate it. Thank you for taking your time and, and listening in on my boring life. As you know... Um, you got people going after former President Trump, prosecuting him on a lot of stuff going on, um, documents that were kept at his Mar-a-Lago or whatever. I'm not one to judge. I have no idea what's going on. It's all interesting um, being uh, being run by um, Merrick Garland, and that's interesting in my point because I know um, under Obama... Obama was trying to get Merrick into the Supreme Court. And it's because he's super smart. He is by-the-books kind of guy. And that was the reason they wanted him in there. And now he's going after Trump. So uh, maybe it's me, but uh, maybe the Republicans should have just let him be in the Supreme Court instead of trying to hound Obama for the last year saying, Oh, yeah. It's just your last year. You don't need to enter. I'm not a. I'm not going Democrat or Republican, but if Trump is your guy, you might have thought to let Merrick into the Supreme Court, and then he wouldn't be able to do this to you. Because I think Merrick is going to be like a hound dog. He will find what he can. That's why he's doing what he is. Um, but that is my opinion. Um, which is worth you know, shit in one hand, opinion in the other. However you say it. But I hope you're doing well here. That was not what I was supposed to do. Where did that noise come from? Push the wrong button. But it is September 13th, two days after September 11th. This is probably the least notable September 11th we've had since 2001, at least in my opinion. Um, it was uneventful, which is a good thing. 
Um, it's Tuesday now. Um, I think it rained a little bit. Right here, we're we're getting stuff done around the house. Having to get trees trimmed. We're going to have the roof replaced. Yes. Fun stuff all around. And going to, you know, like everything costs a fortune. But hopefully you're doing good. I'm going to repeat myself because I'm looking up stuff as I'm talking. Go through a, a couple of things that I've watched. Uh, my wife wanted to watch Fathers too. She's a big Mark Wahlberg fan. I don't mind Mark Wahlberg. So we found it at Redbox. I figured it'd be on online somewhere in a streaming service, but it's not. It follows the life of Father Stuart Long, a boxer-turned-priest who inspired countless people during his journey from self-destruction to redemption. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a pretty interesting movie. I mean, he is trying to become a priest... I don't know how much factual it is. Um, he was trying to become a priest um, at one point, I think, to impress a girl. Because he he had had his own issues, and he wanted to straighten up. And... It also stars Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson plays... The dad, um, Jackie Weaver, um, Malcolm McDowell's in it for a little bit. Uh, but it, it's an interesting story because it, it's testing his faith. You know, he's trying to change his life and all this and. He fights, even though he's dealing with, um, trying to think of the disease it was, if it was Bill's palsy, or what exactly. Um, I didn't know this, it was written and directed by first-time filmmaker Rosalind Ross, who was Mel Gibson's girlfriend. Did not know that. Um, yeah, in the final credits, you see the real Father Stu. Um, it's an, it's kind of inspiring film because, uh, he never gives up. He still pushes to the, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but it's, it's, you know, it's a decent movie. You know, it's a typical, I don't know, it follows a formula like a lot of things do. Um, but I didn't mind it at all. Then I got to also see from Redbox, because we got two, it was a rent one, get one, was everything, everywhere, all at once. And Miss Michelle Yeoh, um, Kian Kwong, um, James Hong, Jamie Lee Curtis, this, I didn't know, Randy Newman. He was Raccoonie. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and you'll know what I'm saying. If you watch the movie, you'll know who Raccoonie is. Um, let's see if there's a good 
with her laundromat teetering on the brink of failure and her marriage to her wimpy husband, Waymond, on the rocks. Overworked Evelyn Wong struggles to cope with everything, including a tattered relationship with her judgmental father, Gong Gong, and Joy, her daughter. And as if facing a gloomy midlife crisis weren't enough, Evelyn must brace herself for an unpleasant meeting with an impersonal bureaucrat, Deidre, a shabbily dressed IRS auditor. However, as the CERN agent loses patience, an an inexplicable multiverse rift becomes an eye-opening exploration of parallel realities. Will Evelyn jump down the rabbit hole? How many stars are there in the universe? Can weary Evelyn fathom the irrepressible forces of possibilities? Tap into newfound powers and prevent an evil entity from destroying the thin, countless layers of the unseen world. For the budget this was made on, um, it's a pretty incredible movie, and it's very meaningful. Um, I, if you haven't seen it, see it. Even if you have to pay for it, if you're the cheap person who doesn't want to pay, it's well worth it. If you don't understand it, watch it a second time and pay attention because it's got a lot of different meanings in there. It was very nice and it took me a second. I had to, I had to prove it to my wife. It was very nice to see the kid from the Goonies and Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom all grown up as an adult. And that's who plays her husband. And I don't think he's being given enough credit because... It, the the actors and actors they bounce off each other um if you watch the behind the scenes there's a couple of interesting ones some some that i'm glad like spaghetti boy i'm glad they left that out because that would have made no sense and if you don't know what i mean just go watch the behind this you know the deleted scenes um very good a lot of meaning behind everything very funny if you're a guy, get over yourself and watch movies with freaking women and as a lead characters, please. Because if all you're watching is movies with guys as lead characters, you're you're watching a lot of sausage parties, and that's just scary. But anyway, very good. Um, on HBO Max, they've had the two part George Carlin's American Dream. All about George Carlin. I didn't know a lot of his earlier stuff. It also has his brother in parts of it. um, And his daughter. It was directed by Judd Apatow. Um, It's got a lot of people you're going to... You know, a lot of comedians. You can see the influence and everything. It's just really interesting. Um, I I thought I knew a lot of Carlin stuff because I've, I've been into Carlin. Since I was a kid, since I got introduced, you know, to the, was it Seven Dirty Words? Or Nine Dirty Words You Can't Say on Television? But there was a lot before that. A lot you didn't see as as my age. I mean, I'm Gen X, born in 72. George was a chameleon. He's like David Bowie in that way. He could adapt and change. And if you put, if you see the amount of work and the amount of heart he puts into everything. I mean, it's it's a lot of hard work. And... It made me appreciate him even more. You know? Uh, like I said, I'm a big George Carlin fan. Um, I already heard stories when I saw Kevin Smith. I 
He told about his two favorite individuals he got to work with, George Carlin and Stan Lee. And it's it's just, you know, it was kind of cool because see Kevin had a little Bart talking about him because he got to work with him. Though they never talked about... They talked about him being um, Cardinal Glick. But they didn't talk about him in the other movies he did with Kevin because he did three or four movies with Kevin. Um... And there, you know, I, I I like to think they, they developed a friendship. But that's me. Venturing on kind of a little kid's thing uh, my son wanted to see was on Paramount called Rumble. Um, got Will Arnett, Stephen A. Smith, Terry Crews, Tony Shalhoub, Tony Danza. Wow. Michael Buffer, yeah. Ben Schwartz. Um, but it's an animated. It's got uh, Roman Reigns, yeah. From WWE. Um, it's basically monsters who start the, you know, every village in this universe has a monster and the monsters wrestle each other. It's pretty, it's pretty cute. Um, in a world where monster wrestling is a global sport and monsters are superstar athletes. Teenage Winnie seeks to follow in her father's footsteps by coaching a lovable underdog monster into a champion. It's a, you know, it's a good kids movie. It's not not bad about it. It's got, you know, like I've always said about a lot of animated movies nowadays, they sneak in the adult movie, um, adult humor under the brow a little bit. And so it's very enjoyable. Um, like I said, it's on Paramount. It's, I think it's on a couple other things now. It's not just exclusive. Then even though it's not Christmas, <clears throat> I remembered my friends, I think it was over at Cup of Rad podcast, uh, had told, talked it, you know, back around Christmas, I don't know if it was this year or last year, about, about 8-Bit Christmas, and that's on HBO Max, starring the one, the only NPH, Neil Patrick Hall, uh, Harris, it's got Steve Zahn in it, um... It just made me laugh because it took me back to a childhood um, back in 1980s. Um, Jake Joel has come home for Christmas. He tells his daughter the story of how he got a Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES, on Christmas Day in 1988. And his sister got a real Cabbage Patch doll. Remembering everything that went back in the 80s, that childhood. I never got a Nintendo as a kid. I got an Atari. Nintendo was after the fact and my parents weren't going to spend that much money on a Nintendo. So I, I felt that pain. Um, my wife dealt with a whole cabbage patch part. So that was kind of funny. Um, it was, it was a cute movie. Um, it was very reminiscent of made me making me feel my, my childhood with the video games. Of course, you know, I never had that. I had, I think I did have a friend with an NES, but I never, uh, I know, this is going to be called sacrilegious. Not a big Nintendo person myself. Um, I have not, I never delved into Mario Brothers and all that. Um, but that's me. Have all the love you want. I've just, you, so many people remember the secret levels and stuff like that and how to go down the pipes and all this. And I don't know what it was. It took me a while to get used to a Nintendo controller. 
because I was so used to the Atari, I like broke all things on my Atari with a joystick and a single button. So changing over to multiple buttons and no joystick, um, I might have had issues. But, um, yeah. So I did not have a Nintendo childhood. I had friends who did. I did not. Also on Paramount, my wife, of course, I let her choose some sometimes. She wanted to see The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. It also has Brad Pitt in it. That's the best part of the movie is Brad Pitt. I'm just telling you that right now. Daniel Radcliffe is pretty funny in it, though. Um, Div- Divine Joy Randolph was has a really good part in it. Um, Stephen Lang's in it. It's just looking... But it's a, it's a funny movie. It's better than I thought it would be. Um, it's on more than just Paramount and 2 now, I think. It was... Reclusive author Loretta Sage writes about exotic places in her popular adventure novels that feature a handsome cover model named Alan. And that's who um, Channing Tatum is playing that part. He is just the inspiration of the pictures and the books, and she writes that, and they use his image. And it's pretty funny. Um, While on tour promoting her new book with Alan, Loretta gets kidnapped by an eccentric billionaire who's played by Daniel Radcliffe who hopes she can lead him to an ancient city's lost treasure from her latest story. Determined to prove he can be a hero in real life and not just on the pages of her books, Alan sets off to rescue her. It's Just watch it for Brad Pitt if you have to, because Brad Pitt's part's funny. It, that's what made it for me. I was not expecting it. I love those little things where you're not expecting somebody to be in the movie. Um, that is a movie that I want to see is The Bullet Train. Because I'm a, I am a true fan of Rupert, Brad Pitt, Rupert, yeah, whatever. Anyways, finally got to finish uh, the last season of True Blood after how many years? How long has that been off? Yeah, that's how long it's been. Still haven't finished Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Um. I am liking, and some people might hate me. I am liking the Fantastic Beast series. Um, it's more adult, even though it's a prequel to Harry Potter. It's kind of more adult. And the third one out, The Secrets of Dumbledore, is on HBO. Um, of course, if you haven't seen the other ones, you got Eddie Redmayne as Newt Scamander, and I love Eddie Redmayne and everything. Um, Jude Law is playing Dumbledore, younger version, of course, Ezra Miller, um, Dan Fogler. Harry Mahoney, Mads Mickelson takes over in this one for Johnny Depp. And I thought they could have, I don't know, they didn't even explain anything, his change of look. They acted like it wasn't there, which you can do that. But maybe it's me. You know, if you watch the first Fantastic Beasts and where you find them, you're following Colin Firth. Three quarters of the movie, if not seven-eighths of the movie. And at the end of the movie, he transforms, you know, his whatever he's wearing transforms and he looks and he becomes Johnny Depp. And then, you know, the second one was all Johnny Depp in that part. They could have done that with this. They could have at least 
had some kind of mystical, and then, I don't know, maybe it's me, maybe I'm a picky asshole, Mads was great in it, I love Mads and everything, um, fell in love with him when Hannibal was around, that, like, one of the greatest TV shows ever, this is a great third part, um, I can't wait to see what they, what else they're gonna do with this in the fourth, I think there's five or seven or something like this, really enjoyed it, David Yates is, I know people complain about the second one. I have friends who did. Um, the second one was very incomplete. I think this one was very, very well made. Um, this is my favorite of the Fantastic Beasts. The first one being the second favorite. Of course, the second one. I don't know. The second one wasn't as bad as I as people say it was to me. But maybe I'm just not as invested in it. Maybe that's my problem. Um, and that's okay, right? That's okay. Um, over on Apple TV, they have a two seasons out of a show called Mythic Quest, um, and it's all about a video game company um, and their their game Mythic Quest. It's got familiar faces: Robert McElney. Um, who is uh director and writer writer of I believe it's Sunny in Philadelphia. Um he was actually approached by Ubisoft. I think it was to make a show and he is never into video games I think from what I was reading. And but this is a comedy it also features a lot um Faces you might have seen before, including one of my favorites, Danny Pudi from Community. Um, you got F. Murray Abraham, who's over there. And you got a lot of less-known people who really fill out this cast well, I think. Um, you go... F- Some people, I don't know, expect so much in a show. It's got to be perfect. This one, you can tell it works and it works. And, and, and sometimes it takes that with a, with a cast. It takes them working together more. I like this show. Um, yeah, it, it is from the Always Sunny in Philadelphia people. So, But it's a lot raw. I mean, they're, they have these video game things. You know, they live in this uh, RPG or MMO. I don't know what you're classifying the t- title is. Um but they're adding to the game. They're trying to do new features and stuff. And it's funny. Um, I like it. It, it passed really quickly. Um, I hope they come back for a third season. Because I think it's worth it. Um, I'm not going to say Apple's been knocking out of the park. But they've had some decent series and some decent movies. The next one is also a movie on... Apple TV. The one the only Tom Hanks stars in Greyhound. Um, this is a World War II movie. Um, based upon a novel, The Good Shepherd. I didn't know that. By C.S. Forrester. It's a thrilling story of Allied convoy crossing the North Atlantic in 1942 as it faces relentless attacks by a German submarine wolf pack. <laughs> <coughs> I really like this because I never thought about it. There was a zone that, you know, planes could only fly so so long 
because they didn't have refueling. And so there was a zone between American fighters protecting these ships and the British fighters protecting these ships. And I think it was like a 35-mile zone that, that couldn't be covered, something like that. Um, it could be bigger than that. Um, trying to see if there's anything in here talking about... I know it's 50 hours, yeah. And you ha all these supplies are going from the States over to Europe to help them. And they've got the U the German U-boats start, you know, making Swiss cheese out of everything. And there's I think there's like five, five ships that can protect them or something like that. You know, and he's, he's the head of the U.S. destroyer. Um, yeah, there's a mid-Atlantic gap called the Black Pit. Um, it was really interesting and I liked it. It had some beautifully, beautiful cinematography on the battle scenes from boats to U-boats. And that's what it's a lot about. There's, you're not going to see a lot of airplane. You're going to see, you know, it's drama. It's, it's, it's not, I, I've, I think. I like Tom Hanks. I think I'm I'm kind of convinced he's on a goal to try to play every single human being in the universe because I don't think he ever shies away from a role, even if it's small. Um, and he's good in this. He's I don't think there's a bad thing. I'm not going to get to all of these this week because I'm going to break this apart. Like I said, of course, the one the only Pixar released Lightyear. onto it went in the theaters and then it of course is on disney plus i like this less than 45 days or around 45 days a lot of things will of course top gun maverick they're milking the crap out of it and i'll probably just have to buy it but lightyear of course is the story of buzz lightyear before he's a toy um and i like the beginning the very beginning it says it explains it and in two three easy sentences this is this was Andy's favorite movie, and this is why he got the toy. Like it. Um, a lot of people were angry because they didn't bring Tim Allen in as Buzz. I'm going to try to be nice here. Shut up. That's being nice. Um if you're going to do that, you're you're just demeaning a lot of work that a lot of people put into. If you remember, Andy watched a also a cartoon show of Buzz Lightyear. Okay. You can base voices. And if you actually listen to Chris Evans' voice in here, you can see, and you if you hear with your actual ears, how much he's trying to almost emulate Tim Allen. He's not trying to take over the part for Tim Allen. This was a movie that spurned a TV show that spurned a toy. Why does it have to be the same voice? It doesn't. But the funny thing is, if you listen to Chris Evans, you early in his career, I didn't think Chris Evans could really act. And he's really grown on me. And it's just because... If, as, if, Fantastic Four, when the Fantastic Four came out, it really didn't impress me. I'm sorry. It was okay. It was decent. It was a Marvel movie in the beginning of Marvel movies. Well, the second wave of... If you don't count the original Captain Mar 
Captain America in the original Fantastic Four by, was it Corman back then in the 70s, 80s? But he's the modern, the modern universe, the first Fantastic Four we saw, you know. And But if you see all the things he's done f- since, like even from Push, um, and of a lot of other stuff, you can see, you know, when he came into Captain America, he really can act. He's a lot better actor than I gave him credit for back in the Fantastic Four days. And if you actually listen listen to the cadence when Buzz, when Lightyear, when Buzz, I'm sorry, I'm going to jump back and forth, when Buzz talks, his cadence is almost perfect with Tim Allen's. It's almost like it's an homage. Like, we're not straying too far away from this. So you, you know, so you can make sense of it. It's just like, and I'm probably going to get hate on this. Ghost in the Shell. A lot of people are going to say Ghost in the Shell, the movie, was whitewashed because you put Scarlett Johansson as the lead actress instead of an Asian, Amer- you know, a, a Japanese to pay tribute to. But if you actually watch the movie, they explain why. <clears throat> because a young girl's body was made and changed so nobody would know who it was. Not even her own mother, if you watch the movie. Instead of just getting mad. If you will let writers and actors act these things out. And I understand there are there is whitewashing. Trust me, I know there is. And I'm not going to say it's... <coughs> if you make it... If you make an actual attempt to explain... To me, in my eyes, this is why we're doing this. And not just throwing all the original material to the ground as if it's trash. And I I think so many people were upset because of, you know, everyone thinks they're throwing Tim Allen away. And it's like, they've never said that. If they do another Toy Story, or if they do a Toy Story show on... Disney, I'm sure they're going to bring Tim Allen back. Chris Evans is not the new voice of Buzz Lightyear the toy. He was the voice of Buzz Lightyear the character in this movie. You know, if they bring a sequel out to this movie, it's going to be a sequel to this movie, not a sequel to Toy Story. There is a difference. And if you can't fathom that, then you're part of the problem. Everything shouldn't be hand-picked for every single individual. And I'm not trying to be an asshole here. I just... I don't know. Lightyear is a lot better movie. I was not looking forward. This was one of the Pixar movies that I actually was not looking forward to seeing. Um, When I saw the previews with a little cat... They had the robot cat. You could visibly see the trailer made it look stupid. It did. The trailer was cut, and I but I under I kind of understand it because it doesn't. You have to cut trailers certain ways so you don't give away too much stuff. Because you hate to see a movie that gives away everything in a trailer. If that makes sense, and the trailer didn't give away enough too much. And in that way, I prejudged this because I thought, this is not going to be... I've seen the movie twice now. I think it's fantastic. Lightyear is a lot better than I 
would have given it credit for if I have just watched the trailer and judged it on the trailer. Um, but that's my humble opinion. Who am I? Um, guilty pleasure time. Do you like the Resident Evil um, movies? They're okay. And I'll say they're okay. They're not going to blow your mind. But I like watching them like I like watching Fast and the Furious. To take my mind off something, I don't have to concentrate. It's ridiculous. It's not something that you're going to lose sleep over. It's not going to blow your mind or anything. But Netflix put put on eight episodes of Resident Evil. And it's basically based three decades after the first movie. So 30 years after the original T-Virus outbreak. It is set in the same universe. Um, and it bounces stories over two decades in itself. Um, when the two sisters, Jade and Billy Wesker, moved to New Raccoon C- uh, City... Their father has worked for Umbrella. You'll probably see him from the movies because it's the same actor. They've kept this very in. They got Lance Reddick who played Albert Wesker. And this these are his two daughters that they used donors to grow. And if you know the movies... They'll actually show you, they show a quick clip of which characters they got the, the eggs from to make them. They, these are um, pre-made humans. But you don't know that. I'm if, sorry if I'm spoiling it, but some people won't watch the series. They'll be like, oh, this is just stupid. They're trying to go on the movie. It's a continuation, folks. It's 30 years after the original. They talk a lot about it. They have characters who are involved in the original. And I think that they're trying to keep in that, I I like this series. I mean, I would like to see more. Of course, I hate to tell you this. Netflix, of course, always quick to can- put push the cancel button. Makes me angry. So that's all we're going to get out of that unless somebody else picks it up. But I doubt it because nobody ever picks up Netflix stuff. Netflix picks up other people's stuff, but people don't pick up Netflix stuff. Um, last thing I'm going to do, I, like I said, there's a long list. This was one of my favorites of the last month. Um, the Sandman. 11 episodes on Netflix. If you're in the comic book world, you knew Neil, Neil Gaiman, author of The Sandman, um, who is Dream. Um, This is what it says on Neil Gaiman's official site. A wizard attempting to capture death to bargain for eternal life traps her younger brother, Dream, instead. Fearful for his safety, the wizard kept him imprisoned in a glass bottle for decades. After his death, Dream, also known as Morpheus, goes on a quest for his lost objects of power. Um, This is a well-written show. It's beautifully done. Um, the cinematography, the direction. Tom Sturridge, who plays Dream. If you ever read the comic books, they've got his look to a T. They've got his attitude to a T. Um, 
the only complaint, and it's a minimal complaint, they have Patton Oswalt in this movie. And I like Patton. This is nothing bad about Patton. And as the series went on, I grew to like him. But he's a voice of a raven. Who There's always a raven when, when Dream goes into the mortal world. And I just think of all of these actors and actresses who have a hard time finding work who would be great at voice work. And Patton has got a good reputation. He makes plenty of money, I'm sure. And all the people love him. And, and I like him. I think they could have chose a more unknown person to do the voice of Matthew the Raven. My opinion. Um, Vivienne, I, I don't want to screw up her last name, uh, Xianpong, who plays Lucienne, the librarian, the assistant to Dream. She is fantastic in this. Um... It's going to be very interesting between Boyd Holbrook, who plays a Corinthian. Um, I I want to see more of Mason Alexander Park, who plays Desire, who's another sibling of Dream. Um, and I hope they do. I really hope they do something else with Death, because the actress who plays Death in here... Is great. Why is she not on the credits? Because she was one. She was one. One whole episode. Come on. Because um, if anyone ever read Sandman, you know, Death became a bigger, bigger character because of the way Death was written. And sorry, I'm looking. I didn't... Oh, yeah. Mark Hamill was the voice of Merv Pumpkinhead. I didn't even know that. Oh. Okay. Do, 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 do. Love the show, though. If you haven't checked it out, um, the actual last episode, the 11th episode, is split into two parts, which were extra. There were just extra stuff that they made. De Kirby Howell Baptiste is death. And I can't wait to see m what more they do with her. Um, she's phenomenal. I want more. Of course, everyone said that after reading Death in the comic book world. <sighs> if you've made it this far, thank you for being patient. I'm sorry I am so slow, lackadaisical, and uh, idiotic at times. Um, thank you for listening. Um, hopefully I'll get to finish this. Like I said, there's a lot more movies, but I don't want to sit there and bore you for hours and hours. Um, I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitter. If you've got this far, it's because of that or even Instagram. I'm not sure, but hit me up at the email. You know, you could do it. Simon at the brew pill, um, at, I have to check my freaking emails. The brew pill one Oh one at gmail.com. Or the 242nd at Outlook.com. Um, always take suggestions for things to watch, things to talk about. Appreciate your time. And I'm going to get out of your hair right now. Peace. <laughs>